When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey guys, so we spend a big chunk of today's episode discussing uh, OnlyFans and their recent policy changes. However, that conversation was recorded prior to them reversing those policy changes. Uh, But the conversation was great. I think it's really interesting and important and we cover a lot of great ground and we have a very cool guest. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and we are going to run it anyway. You're welcome. And thank you. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Welcome to the worst year ever, Brosifs and Brosifinas. Brosephenas. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's Brosephenas. The it's, two genders. It's Brosephae. <laughs> Brosephae? Yeah. Getting Latin up in this shit? Brosephae and Brosephae. Well, mm-hmm. we have to, you know. Uh, I, yes. I, I thank, thank you for being inclusive of our Latin speaking native listeners, yeah. of, of whom we have ones. At um, least one. So I want to start this episode with a little continuation of our Afghanistan episode because I was just on Facebook and a friend of mine oh, shared don't do that. What are you a doing? segment, <laughs> a friend of mine shared a segment from someone else's post uh, that I think really says it all. Quote, Taliban's retakeover shows what implacable hustle and a Sigma grind set can get for you. Even the yes. biggest hurdles, the biggest foes are nothing compared to a player with his eyes on the bag. Your mixtape ain't banging. Your ebook ain't selling. Just don't quit. Your Kabul is yours. Get oh real. Oh, my God. Hell no yeah. way. <laughs> no uh, way. No, that's the incredible. version of U.S. military versus the Chad Taliban. You know, I, Unbelievable. Robert, I, I really uh, thought that we'd unpacked everything last week, and then we talked mm-hmm. about it some more and even more news. And at that point, no. I was like, yeah, we're done talking about Afghanistan, but you broke the mold here. Mm-hmm. You had this something whole- new new to offer. Yeah, we're doing this whole episode. We're going to talk about the Taliban yeah. Sigma grind set. 
Unbelievable. Here to tell us about the Sigma grind set is Courtney Kosak. Courtney! Oh my God, this is a whole nother episode that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not, we are when not did, expecting become, you to do that. When did it become clear to you that the Taliban were ultimate Sigmas? Coming live from the Taliban, Courtney Kosak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm were... here to talk about OnlyFans. So. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, well, that's, speak- we- Hey, speaking of speaking of speaking of hustle culture, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, we're thrilled to have you here today to join us to talk about OnlyFans and not the Taliban, unless it circles around naturally back to that. I'm not flexible. I'm to it at all. But yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for joining us. So you are here today to talk to us about what is going on at OnlyFans and what that means for sex workers and content creators who rely on the platform for income. Um, could you maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you started using OnlyFans and what your background is and everything? Yeah, totally. So I actually started, this is so kind of random, but after the, um, you know, George Floyd's terrible murder and the protests that came out of that, I was like, oh, how can I do something that's like bigger than donating my own $30, mm-hmm. right? So I did one of those things where I was like, I'll send you a, you know, tip pick or whatever if you send me a receipt. And I was like really strict about the receipts that I got. (laughs) I'd be, I'd have to validate them. And then, you know, I got uh, so many requests. It was crazy. I was like, wow, sex really does sell. (laughs) So I raised over $30,000 for that. Whoa. Yeah. It became like a little bit of a full-time job. And then, and you know, did it, did that kind of longer than I was expecting. And then I was like, hey, I really kind of enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a, I've been in a relationship for now five years. It was four years a year ago when I started my OnlyFans account. And, you know, after a while, you're like, is this it? Is this my whole sexuality? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> just this one guy? I don't know. So, um, yeah, I, it was perfect for me. I love exhibitionism and, um. Yeah, that's kind of what my my whole account's like. Kind of like so, French topless titties, and <laughs> I mean, it sounds fun. Um, yeah. So you initially were drawn to the platform as a way to fundraise, but after a while, it became clear that this was a line of work that you enjoyed and it felt empowering, and so you started to use it for for yourself. Um, yeah. Well. I was first doing that. That initial like fundraising effort was like mostly happening in my Twitter DMs. Gotcha. So okay. Eventually, I was like, "Let's move this out," and then I gave a, like a percentage at first. Yeah. And then, you oh, know. I mean, this is what you. The impetus was wonderful, but I, I think it's also very cool that in doing that, you uh, realize that this is a a viable. Yeah. A career choice for you, which I'm also, you are also a, a comedian and a podcaster. So this is also just a new a writer version of the world that we live in of leveraging your different social media platforms in different ways. Um, so I guess now is the time to talk about what's going on at OnlyFans, <laughs> the changes that are going into effect. If you want to talk to us a little bit about this. Yeah, totally. So 
It's so funny because OnlyFans just right before this all went down was like, we would never abandon the, you know, the people that brought us to the dance, basically. And then it was, yeah, it just came up fast, I think, and has been like a huge shock to everyone. I'm part of. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's what's really important about that. I mean, there's lots of things that are really important, but OnlyFans exists and has gained, you know, popularity because it has been used by sex workers or content creators that, you know, tap into that world. I don't know. I'm not going to put a label on how you would identify yourself, but there's lots of different degrees of this kind of a work. Uh, and this is a, a safe space where people could step in and take control of it um, yeah. uh, on their own terms. And so it gained popularity for these types of creators. And now that they are looking at investments and they are receiving a lot of pressure from banks who do not want to be associated with pornography or, you know, anything sex work related – because of pressure from Christian groups and other, you know, conservative groups, et cetera. So all of this pressure is coming down on to OnlyFans. And they've announced that as of October 1st, they will not be allowing people to upload, post, display content that, well, I'll just start reading through. But promotes advertisers or refers to sexually explicit conduct, which means actu actual or simulated sexual intercourse, including genital to genital, oral genital, anal genital, or oral anal between persons of any sex, actual or simulated masturbation, any exhibition of the anus or genitals of any person. Okay, I'll go on. You know, lots of rules that are coming down in different ways on this community, but they are saying that nudity would still be allowed within reason. But what is... What are those what boundaries? It's a gray yeah. area that we already f see happening on other, you know, sites, on Instagram, on Facebook. You know, this has long been a battle. Uh, just like, yeah, I mean, like a couple of years ago, Tumblr did the exact same thing where mm -hmm. they just got rid of mm -hmm. uh, sexually explicit uh, content. And does that – is that a popular website now? Do people use that website yeah. anymore? <laughs> Suicidal. Uh. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and absolutely. So it's, it's particularly bizarre considering – OnlyFans specifically was it, that's what this was. That's why this took off. Uh, and as you're saying, like the people who invited them to the dance and brought them to the dance, um, and just putting everybody yeah. out to dry. Um, yeah. And if you post anything, like it's also unclear. I'm assuming there might be more specificity, but you know, if you you're found in violation, it will lead to you being permanently suspended, your earnings being revoked. Again, this is something that people rely on. Um, it's also just a super bummer, I have to say, as someone who like I was really excited about the cultural shift that I felt was happening. Yeah, you know, during yes. the pan pandemic, and it felt like. And maybe I'm just in an L.A. bubble, but it did feel like there was this new wave of acceptance and like understanding that of sex work being a real job and like of it holding like a valuable place in our society. And I just feel like I think the community is strong. Like, I think that people have gotten a lot out of this and sex workers have found solidarity. I know I'm part of this like comedy hose <laughs> group <laughs> chat group where, you know, like people give each other advice and stuff. And I think people will, some people, privileged people will be able to like migrate, but 
it's I think the reaction like, yes, it matters because this is how people make a living. And, you know, of course, it matters for that reason. But it's also like kind of an emotional blow where you're like, oh, I thought we were kind of like working past this. We were taking steps forward. I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and I think it's a really important point and a part of this conversation because, right, I just briefly walked through why these changes are happening. Okay, this is because of cultural pressure from institutions that have been around for a long time that are resistant to change and have mm-hmm. stigmatized sex work. Sex work, which we all now know and should... Well, first off, sex work, which has been around since the beginning. Right. This isn't something new. This isn't we a We have a issue. phrase about it. A popular <laughs> phrase about how it's the first job. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> and there are all sorts of crucial things, real important things, Things that are life and death uh, that, you know, banking institutions and investors could actually care about mm-hmm. making a stink about and could actually ap- apply pressure onto companies for positive change. And this isn't one of them. And why it's so disappointing exactly is because we feel like we're finally at this point where we are having conversations about sex and sexuality and uh, recognizing the detrimental effects of repression uh, you know, within our economy, within our personal lives, within our relationships, all of that. It feels like a really important and good thing, steps that we're moving forward. But at the same time, stuff like this happens. And I would be remiss if I didn't also bring up FOSTA-SESTA. Um, if you guys remember from a couple years ago, FOSTA-SESTA being the legislation that was passed to shut down, um, you know, sex trafficking, specifically child sex trafficking, and it uh, mostly targeted Backpage. Backpage, you know, like, or, yeah, like the classifieds of Craigslist and things like that. Exactly. Because uh, that's, I mean, that's one of the other things is, like, this this was a safe space right. uh, for sex workers to take control over their own, like, job and their own lives and not have to go. I mean, uh, there's a cut that's taken uh, because it's an app. 20%. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. But uh, at least, but... You know, there, there's always going to be spaces created and like you're saying, like Backpage in these places where um, there's at least a digital space to uh, safely meet people and vet mm-hmm. people. Um, and taking that away seems damaging. <laughs> um, and uh, this is just, yeah, another instance of that um, mm-hmm. where it's created for a purpose and then just. Also, yeah. OnlyFans <laughs> is acting a little bit like they like poor us. We had no choice. It's just the banks, you know, yada, yada. And first of all, for my research, there's a couple things. They could be their own payment processor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. other sites that are doing that, like Fan Centro. And then there's also this thing that's called a form or um, 2257 form. I think I'm saying that right. But it's basically where, um, you know, if I if I had someone who was I was having sex with on my OnlyFans, I could have them like validate their who they are and confirm that this was consensual and that they like wanted to be filmed for this. And it's the same thing that like, yeah, anyway, they could fill that out. It would not be terribly hard from my point of view for them to implement something like that. 
And then (laughs) no problem. Then, you know, that's like one of the major things that the payment processor that I think it was MasterCard had an issue with was Mm -hmm. like, oh, we could we can't validate that these people wanted to do this and that they're of legal age. But it's like, okay, but you you know how to solve that problem. (laughs) You easily can. Yeah, Um, um, yeah, very uh, clearly excuses for this. And even like like finding like they're having trouble finding investors. Are you really? No, you're not. There's just the different kinds of investors. It's a, they want very, to be it's a seen. very successful app. Um, this is just cover for the fact that they want to be seen as mainstream, even though they are. Yeah, they are. Approaching it, yeah. at least, from where from the, the original trajectory. But they want, you know, um, more mainstream users to be attracted. They want to celebrities it. and, they and want influencers, celebrities right? Influencers. They want to use yes. it for like, yeah, do your posts and your like cameo stuff Which or whatever. Is, there yes. are there are other places for that. There um and like also just the idea of like <laughs> we need a place we need a place we need a place for celebrities to go to post things. Uh-huh. Like do we? So they can yeah. they don't, don't make enough money. Don't, Where are like, we going to pay them? <laughs> how do we know about um, them? Already. I wanna, yeah. I I want to say a couple more things about Fosta Sesta as a part of this conversation mostly in um the impact it's had as we're, Mm -hmm. you know, just context for, for some of this, like we talked about, you know, the, the original justification was sex trafficking, but it's not like they don't understand how beneficial places like this are for the rest of the community. But also the fact that uh, it doesn't really reduce sex trafficking at all. Um, what well, it's was bound this? to just put it underground well, more, right? You like, know what? Sex trafficking existed before we had the internet. So it's interesting how it continues to exist even if you drive it underground and, in fact, make it harder to sniff out. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. 
Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. So this is from uh, uh, Y.org, uh, a piece that they had put out. In the two years since sex work advocacy groups have reported a spike in the number of missing and dead sex workers across the country. People have reported that more folks are engaging in street sex work after Backpage got shut down, Albert said. Generally speaking, street sex work is more dangerous than the sort of sex work that was engaged over the Internet. Um, mm, 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 mm. Especially during a pandemic. Totally. Exactly. Especially during a pandemic. Yeah, it says more than 70% say FOSTA-SESTA has affected their financial situation negatively. Um, 26% of respondents reported an increase in the exacerbation of mental health symptoms. And again, there has not been much, if any, evidence that it has reduced sex trafficking and has, in fact, greatly increased the negative aspects on everybody else's life. I mean, what I see is creators who are empowered to sell their own whatever they're trying to sell on the site. And and so they're like cutting out the middleman. And I know, you know, and so, yeah, I just feel like the stuff. I hate that the sex trafficking conversation gets so much a part of this. Yeah. And I'm sorry to bring it up now, I only do because this has been something on my no, mind it's totally and, relevant. and yeah. watching. And as soon as this news broke, it's the first thing I thought was like, well, time to go back and look at how that worked out. Mm. And nobody's talking about it. We've there's granted there's been a lot going on, but nobody's talking about this. And like, yeah, you mentioned the pandemic. I think about I just think about yeah this effect on so many different ways on this community. Um, so you've got another month on the platform before these rules go into effect. Are you continuing for now to keep going on and do your part? Like, are there, is there been any sort of organizing or plan to push back on this? Or have you heard about other sites that are, I know that there are other platforms emerging. There doesn't seem to be like a super attractive alternative yet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I mean, for me, like, I'm not super eager to move unless I think that the platform is going to, you know, be a good solution. Um, I think, I mean, what I've seen in, I'm scrolling through the group now, is, like, mostly people trying to figure it out and, like, asking themselves these questions. It hasn't been that much time, you know. I... I don't know, because I am sort of like in this gray area, like you mentioned, the things that you can't do on the site. And like what I do is in that kind of like vague statement about like, Mm -hmm. we will allow nudity, but, you know, what does that mean? Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I'm personally, I'm like, maybe I can continue. Maybe OnlyFans is going to 
change something in the next month? I don't well, know. Well, there might there might be some uh, learning from the response, but I can't imagine that it's going to be enough to protect the entire community that uses that place. Um, right. Uses the the site are, until it affects you, their bottom line, like and, and right. Until, oh, for like, sure. You know, which by then it'll be well, everyone will have left. So everyone will have left. Be like, Please come back. We changed right. our mind. Like it's not gonna work. Well, there uh, is a little bit of that backpedaling already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, classic. Um, is there talking so. even of like workers? We love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, we avatar. never acknowledged yeah. you before, but they're putting no. out those like <laughs> pandemic commercials, like today on this day, we want to honor our sex workers yeah. who brought us here. <laughs> um, do you hashtag are you, sex work is real work? Like, oh, what yeah, are real. you doing? Are you um, friends? Have you connected with other? Have you connected with other creators that use the site uh, in different ways from yourself? And have you heard any experiences for them or any of the the struggles that they're going through? Because I am, at, I know, I know that people depend on this income, and oh, it's yeah. going to be a huge loss. Like we we've it's huge. We in we did a whole series on our podcast um, that was our comedians of OnlyFans series. And, you know, those girls made that we were interviewing were making a ton of money. We're like planning to buy houses. We're like, you know, making big decisions with this money because it was kind of life changing and career altering. And um, so, you know, those are the same creators that I'm seeing now, like in our chat group and just, you know, in conversation, just being like, ah, okay, so what do I do now? You know, and some like one of my friends has kids. It's like it doesn't just affect these people. It's like their whole families. And it's like a really big the implications are huge. And so I don't know. It doesn't seem to be like there's a solution yet. Right. But is people there any are worlds freaked out where yeah. like, you know, people like come together and, and like <laughs> I'm just like my mind is like uh, someone make a new one make, yeah. like and own it together well, and it, then like be in, like being even more in charge of 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 the it platform. It is a good opportunity um, if someone is waiting in the wings. Right. With, I'm like, sure you know, it's developing. It's just about then there's the period of time of building up a fan base or a base on a new platform because it's not like there's it's easy to, to get well right to it would require like aside from like make the app <laughs> but like you know uh big uh like larger Consensus. creators and kind of creators going. like coming together and and being like we're because if people moved somewhere the people subscribing will move there too it's just yeah you guys no need to, to unionize that. i agree <laughs> i also just think like I could migrate my subscribers relatively easily. So I do think if there is some sort of coordinated like, okay, at least the girls in, for instance, the comedy hose group, we're all going to, you know, plan to migrate our subscribers together. And then as long as the cut is fine, which is a huge problem, most of these places are even right. higher. They're taking 30 percent, 40 percent. And then it's like, why am I even doing this? You know, so I if mean, somebody came yeah. out with like another 20 percent platform. And oh, this is another thing, too. OnlyFans hasn't been promoting. I mean, they've been getting a ton of free PR because of 
sex mm. workers on the platform, but they haven't been promoting the sex workers on their platform to their subscribers. Who they promote to their subscribers are is like a YouTuber, who's like mm-hmm. you know a chef or you know whatever. It's I, at this point they don't deserve you guys to stick around. They exactly. need to get their shit together, or someone else, please fill this void. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the Taliban, isn't one of the problems that like a replacement to OnlyFans would have the fact that uh, these kind of moral crusade groups keep going after payment processors and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. That was that was so smooth, Robert. That was thank you. Way to to seamlessly bring it back to that. Um, (laughs) I'm 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 a professional, even when I'm actively dying of a stomach virus. You've done you've done your job. Go throw up again. (laughs) I love that the pandemic has created a world where you can show up to work sick. Actually, just via Zoom. Sorry. Oh, I always showed up sick at work at the old job. Whenever I would show up and be ill, I would just walk to Cody's desk first, and you know, (laughs) get some fluids on some of his possessions. Just just wipe stuff on other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's uh, that's. That's why we're such. That's why we're such close friends. Mm-hmm. You share. You share so much together. Um, we share microbiomes. Exactly, Courtney. Um, this has been really great chatting with you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast as well? You mentioned it. Her podcast yes. rules. Oh, thank you, Sophie. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me on. I have a podcast called Private Parts Unknown. Uh, it's about love and sexuality around the world. Uh, so we, cool. Yeah, it's super cool. We've been to Helsinki. We've been to Mexico City. We went to Tokyo right before the pandemic. <gasps> what so, a like, dr- I know. It was amazing. It was like, a dr- that's why I kind of couldn't believe it when I came back and the pandemic yeah. was happening. Um, and then we just actually took a trip to Belize, and so we're uh, going to start rolling out. How do I get to be a part soon. of your show? I want to <laughs> travel places and record podcasts. <laughs> Pretty cool premise, I have to say. Good job. I love us. that. Well, well done. <laughs> we tried to do that, but we couldn't travel around once the pandemic. But also, hit. like our destinations were going to be like CPAC. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, destinations very, yeah. depressing. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. Not Different fun like show. Believe. Yeah. Hang out and <laughs> hang out in Newark and listen to Dan Crenshaw talk to a bunch oh of like lanyards. Um, uh, up to twenty-four years old, Cody. Exactly. No one over twenty-four. <laughs> um, can you tell our listeners also where they can find you online? Yes. I am at Courtney Kosak, last name K-O-C-A-K. Pretty much everywhere. And hey, if you want to sub to my OnlyFans. Yes. Coco Peep Show. Hop on that train <laughs> for the next month, and then maybe further in the future, we'll see what happens over the course of the next month. But do it TBD, now. TBD, yeah. but I got you for the next month for sure. So, all right. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, and we will be back after this break for more things. <laughs> cool. Oh, things. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. And we are back from that break. Yay. Yay. Um, Robert is very sick. Oh, and we I'm appreciate dying. him for being here. It's only appropriate on the worst year ever. Oh, part two. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to hear the update uh, about what's going on in Portland. And I know you guys oh, man. talked about it a ro- lot today already, but I think our listeners are also interested. <laughs> so thank you. Some stupid shit happened Some in stupid Portland. Shit. Look, if you want to, the episode that'll be dropping on um, Wednesday of It Could Happen Here was largely about kind of our critiques of the of the anti-fascist response to this big Proud Boy rally, which I think is, is, is valuable if you're trying to uh, uh, analyze performance and how things could go better. But I, I think today we'll kind of talk about on a national level, what, what's been happening in Portland and, and kind of where it fits in. So Great. it's worth noting that this, the, the kind of street clashes between anti-fascists and, you know, fascists started in Portland about kind of late 2016 um, a, a good year or so was something going the, on in late 2016. Sorry, I, I can't I don't seem know, to remember. Cody, there, there's no way to tell. Um, okay. it, but it kicked off about a year before things happened. Uh, the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Um, and and while kind of Charlottesville had its its horrible, violent right wing protest, uh, and you know a couple other cities have had like Kenosha have had protests and counter protests that turned deadly. Um, it's just kept happening in Portland. It happens all the time. It happens every every week, really. Uh, not every week, but like every every year. Like every like the summer is generally like a um, right wing groups will come into town and and fight um, and assault people and and take over chunks of of neighborhoods and and shoot paintballs at bystanders and stuff. Which is what happened on the twenty second. They totaled some cars, assaulted a bunch of people, just kind of ran roughshod through a a a heavy like the most diverse neighborhood in portland while the police did nothing um and there's a so because kind of a lot of this started in portland it's been kind of the where these different groups have tested strategies before bringing them out to other parts of the country so um they started it was where they kind of started working with law enforcement and building bridges of sympathy with local police 
Um, and you saw that kind of come to a head on the sixth in a lot of ways. It's where they, you know, Salem an hour from Portland was the first time one of these right wing groups physically attempted to breach and take over a Capitol building just like a week or so ahead of uh, January 6th. Um, and, you know, in recent weeks, you've seen members of Proud Boys try to embed with uh, kind of other religious uh, uh, right wing gatherings and kind of try to camouflage, you know, Proud Boys and members of other extremist groups in in that sort of situation. Um, and so it, it behooves everyone to kind of pay attention to what happens in Portland because um, it 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 always happens here first, you know, um, as, as goes Portland, so goes the nation. And one of the things we've seen this last week or so is, you know, everyone knew this, the 22nd was going to be a horrible, violent time. Uh, people started freaking out in Portland about it a couple of weeks ago. Anti-fascists started rallying and putting together a counter protest. And the mayor was finally forced to issue a statement in which he suggested people choose love and also <laughs> said the police will take no action to def- protect anybody. And they sure didn't. Wow. Um, they sure did not. And uh, so people were assaulted. Um, and, and this is like, I, I'm not actually, when I when I complain about the police not doing anything, it is not to say that I think the solution here is to send the police in. Because when the police do come in, they primarily attack the left-wing side uh, and, and collaborate with and work with right-wing protesters. Um... The part of the reason why this situation has gotten so bad in Portland is going on five years now of the police using kid gloves on these people while they assault folks. Um, so it gives the them problem, open season. They feel emboldened. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's part of the problem. And the solution to that isn't just give the cops more money because, like, one of the reasons they said they couldn't have responded in Northeast Portland to this gigantic brawl where Proud Boys are just shooting bystanders with paintball guns and macing people and totaling cars was them that they they there were so many calls that the police department who was all hands that day was was totally uh overwhelmed and it was like there's 800 portland cops they have 230 million dollars a year in budget um they showed up immediately when a right-wing protester started firing on a crowd uh downtown which is you know uh, an affluent white part of town but nothing happens when they when there's this clash in in northeast in a in a in the most diverse neighborhood in portland it just kind of puts a lie to everything they've said and i think there's this one wonderful moment we parked right outside the side of the shooting and there was a big uh fucking there was a sign um a, like a block or so away that we came upon that just said choose love uh <laughs> And, and, and like in front of that sign were all the police cars and stuff as they were like arresting this man who had fired a handgun into a crowd. And somebody posted it on Twitter, don't choose love, choose level four, which is like talking about body armor, um, which is, you know, uh, I think a reasonable statement like that. And it kind of gets to the heart of what. What Portland's had to do as a result of police failures and local government fail failures to stop this shit, which is people have had to come up with their own solution. Those solutions are very um, mixed uh, and, and certainly in a lot of cases worthy of criticism, but ultimately people have been having to work out kind of ad hoc how to respond to this shit because there's a problem. These folks are coming into town and doing horrible violence. Um, and, none of the people whose job it is to protect citizens have been protecting citizens. Um, so citizens have, have had to try to develop their own measures. And those have been 
a, a variety of things. But like at the end of the day, what are you going to do if you're if your government says we're not going to? Yeah. When these people come to town to beat the shit out of you, um, we're not going to take any action. How's the mood on the ground there amongst activists? I'm curious because I know. I mean, you've been so deeply involved with all of these protests and this whole movement in Portland. And I know that you were feeling pretty down about things. Yeah. You know, there was a mix. The good thing, a lot of folks showed up um, yeah. because of so many folks showed up downtown. They moved their rally to another part of town because they were scared of all the people that showed up. It's worth looking at photos of events from 2018 and seeing how much smaller the right wing gatherings are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not to say that there hasn't been an an impact as a result of of the anti fascist organizing, but it's also there's um you know the response on the 22nd in particular had some notable flaws, including kind of an a, a a disorganized response to when shit cooked off in northeast where you had these small groups of people showing up to confront them and getting you know beaten very badly um you didn't have kind of an effective strategy for dealing with that second gathering and you also had i think some of this was just like portland has had a quieter summer than a lot of people expected so when there was a shooting downtown, folks got all amped up and started building barricades and doing the things they do mm-hmm. at protests. We're like, all right, time to get ready to uh, 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 defend our, our, our ourselves here. And um, it was this, you know, I don't have an issue with that so much, but it was just a matter of like, uh, as someone who thinks that like a community response is necessary to these events, um, there's aspects of the community response that we got on the 22nd that I thought were unnecessary and even counterproductive in some ways. And I don't want to, we talk about that again on It Could Happen Here a lot. Um, but I think in general, one of the issues that uh, was present on that day is that you have a lot of people, a, a, as people have encountered more and more violence personally during these events, um, they've gotten kind of desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. And I think you've seen a decline in sort of the effective other strategies people used um, and folks kind of defaulting more and more to like, well, it's time to build barricades and pull out mace. Um, and it's, it's you know, some of it's just because I think people were excited to get a, a, a chance to be out in the streets doing stuff. Um, I think some of it, a lot of it was just people were really amped up from the shooting um, and you know, there was a, in, in terms of like the, the ineffective or the, the questionably effective stuff I saw, one thing that was very effective was the, um, the armed anti-fascists who responded to the guy firing a handgun into a crowd. Cause there was a single dude firing a handgun into a crowd. Um, two people reportedly drew guns to confront him. At least one of them fired. Um, they both took effective cover beforehand um, they both aimed low enough that though their shots missed, none of them hit windows. They were hitting the base, like the, the foundation of a building. So not an area in which they were likely to go through and hit other people. Um, and they, none of them dumped their magazines. You know, that's a thing that often happens in stressful situations. Someone just fires the whole magazine very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, they were fairly controlled with the situation and they were not firing at a guy who was running away, not firing at a guy they were they were firing at a situation in which returning fire was really the only effective response because he was shooting into a crowd, um, and so that part that part was positive. Um, there were just also things that I think were flawed, including kind of not having a comprehensive way of dealing with the fact that they'd moved their gathering to the northeast. That was just kind of more of an organizational flaw. And then there's you also get 
individuals at these events who are kind of more amped up and aggressive than others who did some stuff that that's fucked up. And it again, it's this problem of yeah, that's going to be a problem with kind of a decentralized horizontal movement aimed at community defense. Um and it's it's a thing that that movement has to come up with solutions for because you can't you can't have all of these different kind of negative trends extending into forever at the same time. I, I don't agree with people who are like, well, just don't show up because, you know, we've seen in Los Angeles what happens when there aren't large counters to these right wing events. The, they've been right wing protesters been showing up like outside of clinics, assaulting cancer patients who are wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. Um, assaulting people outside of the Wee Spa, uh, assaulting people outside of City Hall and, um, you know, assaulting press, assaulting. And they they Proud Boys yesterday or two days ago assaulted like. A bunch of women in their 50s who had shown up no masks. They weren't Antifa. They were just showing up with signs to counter-protest the Proud Boys. They got, like, maced in a Where? Salt, right in front of the Proud Boy gathering outside. Wow. Um, so it's it's not a... I, I don't agree with people who are like, folks should stop rallying to defend the town. But no. I, it, it, it is a matter of, like... I, I think analysis needs to be had about what's working and what's not. Because I think people... People can get emotionally tied to things that used to work or things that feel like they should work. Um, and the right is constantly iterating and adapting their strategies. And that's part of what Portland is for for them. It's where they try, because they know the police aren't going to do anything, it's where they try new strategies out. Right. And um, so it is very important to disrupt them in places like this. Um and yeah, it's 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 just a it's it's, it's a lot of responsibility for one town. Yeah, and it's you know everybody's again everyone in Portland is a little bit uh, a little bit deranged from trauma. I include myself uh, yeah. in that. Like everybody's responses are a little wonky at this point, from the press down to the uh, down from the press and the protesters down to like bystanders. Um, because even like the random locals we were talking to had all seen street fights or in some cases been in them. Like they, they weren't there to protest. They just lived in the neighborhood and were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, two years ago, I got maced at one of these things. Trauma like is the Portland. exact right word. Yeah. Uh, for everybody living there and it and it ratchets, ratchets up the tensions well. And yep. that's a strain that you're carrying around mm -hmm. and, a, and a, a fear of when it's happening next or what's next. Because yeah. it's going to happen again. They're there. They're doing shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to respond to it. It sounds like a very difficult environment to be right now. Well, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nationwide problem. And I, I do think- It is. But you are yeah. in a, like a specific hotbed of it. But yes, it is. Yeah. It, it's a nationwide problem. And- um, a, an un an, a disproportionate uh, burden for kind of coming up with effective solutions on it has been put on a bunch of like random people in Portland, Oregon. Um, and so the fact that there's been a very mixed uh, efficacy in the responses people have come up with is is kind of inevitable, you know? Yeah. Because um, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to to know how to handle, and I. I don't I don't entirely know like what the best solution is. This is kind of a new problem. And even if you look back at the last society to deal with this heavily, like you look at um you know Weimar Germany, uh as much as you know I have respect for the anti-fascists in Germany during that period and I think there's the, I think people need to learn from them not by just emulating them because at the end of the day um that shit didn't didn't do the trick, didn't you know? Work. Yeah. 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 
Um, so it's tough. Um, I don't know. That's that's all I got to say. That was a good amount. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell that you're sick. incredibly sick right now. Yeah, not I'm, at all. I'm, I'm horribly sick and about to run down uh, to my bathroom again. So you guys Sounds can like close a the episode out. Good place what to wrap things run up. Down? Right. You guys, check us out online at Worst Year Pod on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Pray for Robert. That was so bad. Pray for Robert. End of episode. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.